Hello, folks, and welcome to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I'm Charlie Burris. That is Zach Reagan. As always, here with you, uh, wherever you listen throughout the world. We thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I talk everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. And if you want to listen to it on the regular, go over to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed on Apple, Spotify, rate, review, but most importantly, subscribe when you go there, because if you do, you won't miss any of our episodes when we drop them on Mondays. But also, speaking of Mondays, it is one right now at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and that means we are live on YouTube, and uh, you can not just watch the show, but you can be a part of the show. Get in here when we are live at 7 p.m., and uh, you can comment, and uh, as I said, legitimately be a, a part of what we are doing here so uh other than that oh i should i say subs- subscribe to the, did i say that subscribe to the youtube that's the most important part hit the notification bell so that you get notified when we go live yada 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 all those things at charlie underscore burris that's act tnt at a to z sports a to z sports.com for all the stuff that zach writes on the internet and other than that that's all the administrative work i think we have to do what is up zach a uh, pretty uh, quiet time of year, right? We're uh, <laughs> trying to figure out what we we're going to talk about earlier today and realize we we're in the depths of the offseason. But Ooh. as always with Tennessee, there's still there's still stuff to talk about, believe it or not, even in the middle of May related to football and, and the other athletics at Tennessee. Fourth, uh, only a few things uh, are certain in life. Death, taxes, the offseason will be a drag because we're all just waiting for football. And then also, this one's also a certainty. No matter what time of year, Big Ten Jeff will be in the comments of a video, <laughs> and he's already here. What's up to everybody who is watching? Thank you so much for uh, joining in. Uh, we really, really appreciate it, and obviously leave your comments if you have them. Um, oh, Terry says, tighten up. I uh, Yeah, tighten up. Still, still a fan. Um, we'll see how everything goes but <laughs> with, with the Levis and the whole deal, but uh, regardless... On today's show, give you a quick rundown. We're going to discuss uh, first, and uh, probably a couple articles that Zach wrote, actually, um, about 2023 expectations for Tennessee. That's going to be our first uh, topic of discussion. And just kind of where, like, what what is success? Because obviously anything below 11 wins, you're going to be worse than last year. But also what's really realistic, we're going to kind of talk about that. Then... Recruiting odds and ends, there's always something with recruiting, and there's a couple of, uh, of good ones this past week that could end up being big for Tennessee. So we're going to talk about uh, some recruiting tidbits, and then baseball, postseason starts, going to do a little postseason preview, and then we'll wrap up the show talking about the entertainment complex that's coming to, uh, right, so, uh, maybe, maybe coming to outside of uh, Neyland Stadium and then also maybe a bridge across the river that's going to also go to another thing. We're going to discuss it all, and that, that's what we'll wrap up the show with. But uh, before we get to uh, our first topic, as always, you know I got to tell you about the great folks at Omaha Steaks. Omaha! Whether he's your father, father-in-law, or father figure, he's the guy who was always ready to step up when you needed him most. This Father's Day, show him the love with the only gift that's as unforgettable as he is, the mouth-watering perfection of Omaha Steaks. From perfectly aged, oh-so-tender steaks to hand-selected gift packages, Omaha Steaks makes it easy to give Dad what he 
really wants. Order today and get $30 off with promo code VOLS. That is V-O-L-S. And every purchase is backed by their unconditional money-back guarantee. That's right. Head over to omahasteaks.com right now. Use promo code VOLS at checkout and get $30 off your qualifying order packages. Can include fork tender, bacon wrap, filet mignons, ugh. other gourmet grillables like the air chilled boneless chicken breast, burgers, jumbo franks, and many more favorites. Don't forget to save room for dessert. Most gift packages come with four delicious caramel apple tartlets. I'm I I I just ate dinner and I'm still I'm like, oh man, I got I got to get some caramel apple tartlets here. Uh, uh, so check out other hand selected packages that guarantee to make Dad's day. Because if there's one thing we know, and I got to hold the mic because I last time when I did this last week, uh, I knocked the mic off and, and ruined the show. Dads want steak. If there's one thing we know, it's that dads want steak. So get it for him. Omaha Steaks. Minimum order may be required. See site for details. That's Omaha Steaks. Promo code. Balls. All righty. So now let's get to uh, the couple of things that, that you wrote on, on A to Z today, Zach. I, I sent it to you. Do you have it open in front of you? There was a couple of things uh, that that came up where basically, obviously, all offseason, everybody is just, everybody's a blowhard. We're just kind of talking to talk because this is what we do. This is what we get paid to do. And, and so you just have to talk about things. And there were some folks from national media outlets uh, just speaking out into the ether about what they think about Tennessee. This was Zach's headline, where Tennessee... Here's where Tennessee falls in post-spring power rankings from prominent national media outlet. Uh, this was from On3, I think. What they have to say, Zach? Yeah, I thought it was a pretty fair post-spring power rankings. I mean, obviously, it doesn't mean a whole lot. It's basically just getting the temperature of how the national media views Tennessee going into you know 2023. And you look back at it last season, I think some folks were optimistic that Tennessee would take a step forward, but they didn't think they were going to win 11 games, right? I mean... Most people, even us, we thought nine wins, probably the ceiling coming off the impressive six win, you know, first season for Hypel or seven win regular season for Hypel. Going into this season, it doesn't, you know, it feels like Tennessee's getting a little more respect than they did last year, which again, fair considering where the program's been, but they're they're not assuming that Tennessee's going to be that top five, you know, that the teams that win 11-ish games a season. Essentially, they have them at number 12 in the, their post-spring power rankings, which that's probably about where they should be. You, you lost a lot of NFL talent. Hendon Hooker, Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman, Darnell Wright, Byron Young. We, we all know, you know, those guys are gone. And you have to replace those guys. You have to prove that you have people to step up and replace those guys. And we think they do with, with Square White, Dante Thornton, you know, John Campbell, the offensive tackle transfer from Miami, obviously Joe Milton stepping in. But those guys have to prove that they can play to the same level that last year's balls did. So until they do that and do it consistently every single year, and Josh Heupel's running a 10-11 game winning you know team out there every single season, they're just not going to get that type of respect. And yeah, you know, it's something that Alabama gets that same season as Tennessee last year, arguably a bigger question at quarterback, but they kind of get that benefit of the doubt because of what they've done. And I'm sure some Tennessee fans probably don't love that, but you gotta you got to win more than 11 games. You can't just do it one season. You got to do it back-to-back seasons. You got to do it, you know, three out of five years, those types of seasons before you really start to get that respect. I think the the one question I had with some of their rankings is they had LSU pretty high, you know, number four, also coming off the same record as, as Tennessee last season. Actually, I think they lost, they lost the extra game because the SEC championship game, but 
lost to Tennessee in the regular season. They're kind of getting the benefit of the doubt. I don't know if it's the Brian Kelly effect where he had the success at Notre Dame and kind of had a little rocky start at LSU and had a pretty good finish to the season. I think you have to respect what he did down there in Baton Rouge, but it does feel like they're kind of getting propped up a little bit coming off the same type of season Tennessee had, whereas the Vols, it's like, hey, you got to show us before we believe it. I'm still trying to keep this perspective. And and this this will probably change after this season. But if you told me in between year two and year three for Josh Heupel that you'd be coming off of 11 wins and that, you know, a, a large national media outlet would be saying in the in the offseason that Tennessee is number 12 for the coming season, I would have gone, oh, you're crazy. Shut up. What are you talking about? There's no way that Josh Heupel is going to build this thing that quickly. Take, you know, take a chill pill. We'll get there four or five years, maybe. <laughs> you know, that that's that would have been my thought. And so I'm still trying to keep that perspective. Well, at the same time, I want to go, give me 11 wins again. That's obviously, that's what we all want. Beat Bama, beat Florida. Uh, oh, this season, obviously, the huge ones. Beat Georgia. Uh, we, we all want that. But those expectations are something that I, I think it would be almost cruel to saddle Tennessee with to go like just 12 wins is the expectation this season. Like, Oh, I, I mean, that's like really, it, it's a lot. And so I, I don't, I don't want to be defeatist and just talk Tennessee into only a nine win season or something like that. Can they beat every team on their schedule? Yes. I, th- I think that's unequivocally true. Um, they they will be favored in probably every game, I would guess. Obviously, we'll see after the season starts, but I would bet that they're favored in every game except Bama and Georgia. Um, maybe Texas A&M, depending on how exactly that looks, but I believe that game's mm, in That's in Knoxville. Yeah, it's in yeah. Knoxville. So, I mean... But that, that is a... That is a... That is almost like a trap game. I've seen it described that way. It's wedged in there between South Carolina and Alabama. And... I know Texas A&M had kind of had a down year last year, but that that's only Jimbo Fisher's second losing season ever, I think, which includes that last year at Florida State when he was pretty much checked out. And I'm not going to say that Jimbo's going to come back and go, you know, ten and two this season, or eleven and one, or nine and three, or whatever. Who knows what happens? Maybe he turns it around. Maybe he doesn't. But that's not a team you can sleep on just because they went five and seven last season. I completely agree. It it really is going to be a crapshoot as far as they could because the guy can't coach offense. He, and it used to be his thing. I mean, well, he always had these great quarter. I mean, Jim. I mean, Jameis Winston. Yeah, he had this transcendent quarterback that was that kind of carried that team. So was it Winston? Was it Fisher? I mean, it's kind of like Joe Burrow and Ed Ogeron, maybe in a way. Maybe, uh, but I mean, on on the whole, I'm fine with this assessment. It, it may be even, for my comfortability, it may be even a little too high. I kind of go like, ah, maybe put us a little more under the radar. I'm okay with that. I, I loved the element of last season of just total surprise where Tennessee kind of came out of the weeds and just was, we're here. What's up, everybody? Like, you're not you're, you're not high. Well, it's certainly team. fun when you're not expecting it and you go on this roll and you, you beat Florida, you beat LSU, you beat Alabama, and you set up that big showdown with Georgia, which you know, didn't go Tennessee's way. But to even be in that type of matchup, that magnitude in November – that's where those are the games Tennessee wants to be in. And they were in that game. Um, you know, they it didn't go their way. Georgia outplayed them. 
they they straight up beat them. And I think we all know that. But still, just getting to play in those games, that's the goal when you come to Tennessee. Clearly, they want to win those games moving forward. But you got to at least put yourself in position to be in those games to start with. Billy Jones in the comments says, we should be top 10. You wouldn't hear a peep out of me if, if Tennessee ends up being top 10 preseason. I, I mean, it I think, really doesn't matter. You got to go out yeah. there and prove it starting week one against Virginia. Exactly. I mean, you go out there and you lay an egg against Virginia and win by seven or lose. I mean, any of those things are possible. It's another power five team. Suddenly, it doesn't really matter where you were ranked preseason. Uh, definitely not. And then Skyler Hyde on Twitter, actually, he says uh, 10 and 2. 10 and 2, Charlie. 10 and 2 is what he says. <laughs> um, which on paper, that's pretty fair. I mean, if you think yeah. the Georgia game is going to be a loss, which it's probably going to be more winnable than last year for sure because it's in Knoxville. You don't have, you know, they're breaking in a new quarterback, though by that late in the season, Georgia should be have found their groove and, and hopefully Tennessee as well. But you would say that game and, and the Alabama game in Tuscaloosa, even with their quarterback situation, that's, I mean, you haven't won there since 2003. So same thing with the Swamp in Florida. Though I, I do think you win that game against Florida. I think you're just the better team. I, I'm not sold on Billy Napier and it hasn't went great down there yet. But the, the Georgia and Alabama game for sure are the two losses that I think most people would probably pencil in. It, I mean, it's pretty much this simple for me. If you get through Florida – undefeated 10 and two is my prediction for Tennessee. The one that yeah. I flip flop on is maybe Texas A&M, but the, the rest yeah, of those, see what they're, what they do those first few weeks of the season. Yeah. It, well, and, and it would depend. I, I mean, I, I would say this, if you demolish Virginia and then you go to the swamp and win by 17, like, like the Baton Rouge game last year. Exactly. If you get to that point, I might be predicting 11 and one and, and, you know, take your pick between Georgia and Alabama, which one that might be, but like right. that, that might be my prediction at that point. If, if it looks like Tennessee is a little bit of a steamroller, like, like they were last season. I, I mean, if you, Georgia was in September, like late September, I, I agree better about that, but being yeah. the next to last game of the season for Tennessee, that's, that's tough. That's when Georgia's really at their best usually. But it's, it's <laughs> again, to kind of put things in perspective, it's honestly pretty crazy. Like, I, I feel like for, obviously, I've done, done radio or podcasts for years and years and years now. And I've, I've always said stuff like, well, if Tennessee comes out and they look like a, if they look amazing. And in all of these years leading up to Josh Heupel, that never came true. You know, Butch Jones, you go out there and you got a freaking stacked team, a bunch of dudes ended up playing in the NFL, you know, a, a team that should have won, not just the SEC East, but probably should have won the SEC and played in the playoff in, in 2015, 2016. Take your pick there. Um, you know, th there was always that. And then Josh and go, Michael, Yeah, and Butch would go, you know, to overtime against Appalachian State. Yes. I mean, that, that that was what we always got. And then last season, I mean, we we probably said the same sort of stuff. Well, you know, if you, you got Florida at home, you make it to Florida undefeated, and then you're looking at LSU. I mean, eh, hey, this could happen. And then it actually did. It actually came to fruition that stuff actually happened. Finally, it, it really did uh, really did get here. And, uh, you know, obviously, we none of us really knew what to do. We were all just sitting around going, like, how is this? Is this real? What, what's going on? Uh, but, I, you know, at, at now, since we've seen it happen, it's kind of like, like when basketball won the SEC championship or, or baseball the way how good baseball has been you go like okay this is reality now this can really happen you can have a baseball team that good you can have a basketball team that wins an SEC championship you can have a football team that wins 11 games we're we're back with with those kind of actual expectations 
But I, you know, at at first glance, and this will change after week one probably, but at first glance, this feels like nine wins is most likely, 10 wins is good, 11 wins is gravy, 12 wins you're in the playoff. I mean, it's the best season in forever for Tennessee. And, and so uh, in any of those outcomes is realistic, but it's what is most likely. And so at, at nine to 10 wins, somewhere right in there, that's, yeah. I mean, that puts Tennessee at maybe top 10, probably top 15. And so that, like that number 12 feels pretty right to me. But before we move on, Zach, any, anything else on expectations for next season? We can't exhaust it too much. We got it. It's a long off season. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll make official predictions. I'm sure later on this summer uh, before the season starts and go through the schedule and, and see how everything's shaping up. But I think the main thing is, is you want to get around 10 wins. You want to do that back to back seasons and you, you don't want to get blown out by Georgia and Alabama. And, and there are no moral victories. I mean, Josh Heupel's made it clear he wants to go to Atlanta, wants to win a championship. I mean, that's their goal, and it should be. It should be every team's goal. I don't care what team it is. If you're not setting out there to win every game, what's the point of even going out there? Um, but but you also you want to belong in these games. And I've said for years on the podcast and writing that when Tennessee's, like, officially back, it's when that game against Alabama is a toss-up. Well, you, you beat them in Knoxville. Alabama is probably going to be favored in Tuscaloosa, regardless of what happens the first few games of the season. You go play them close. It goes down to the wire. You beat them. You lose by a score. Suddenly, that is what that game's become. It could go either way. And that's the way Tennessee-Alabama should be. Some years, you know, Alabama's going to have a better team or Tennessee's going to have a better team in, in other years. The way it, it kind of was back before Nick Saban was in town and, and before Tennessee's downfall. So as long as you're in those games, it's coming down to the last five minutes of the quarter. I mean, you can't go win every single game. It's just not feasible every single season. I mean, Georgia's eventually going to trend downward. They're not going to stay at this level forever. Same thing with Alabama, and which we've already started to see a little bit with Bama from the way they used to dominate. So I think I think that's the main thing is you, you don't want to give up on any game. You don't want to have a repeat of that South Carolina game from last season, even if that's against Alabama. You don't want to lose by 25 points to anybody. So that's – I think that's the main takeaway for me this in 2023 is it's it's kind of a transition year, which, you know, 1998 was kind of supposed to be that too with T. Martin after yeah. Peyton. And I'm not going to come out here and, you know, call a national championship. I don't think anybody <laughs> was then either. But that aside, it is kind of a transition year going into Nico in 2024, which is kind of 2024, 2025. That's when you're really expecting Tennessee to go compete for a national championship and, you know, they, they need to do that because that's kind of what they're building towards. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree. And you're, you're building towards not just Nico, but potentially a pretty decently strong defense, depending on how the chips fall for you. And on that note, uh, our next topic is going to be a little recruiting news about Tennessee's defense, but also Tennessee's offense. There was, there was uh tidbits on both sides of the ball from their recruiting landscape and we're going to tell you about it right after I tell you about our amazing sponsor, Farm Bureau Health Plans. Farm Bureau Health Plans has been serving Tennesseans for over 75 years. Much has changed in Tennessee over the years, but some have stayed the same. Farm Bureau Health Plans has always valued personal relationships, especially when it comes to good health and good service. Plan on Farm Bureau Health Plans for health, dental, and vision for better coverage, better rates, and better service. Go to fbhp.com slash ATOZ or walk into one of their 200-plus locations across the state. That is fbhp.com slash ATOZ. Farm Bureau Health Plans. Go get your health plan. 
support them because they're always supporting us. Great, great, great people at Farm Bureau. Um, all right. So a couple of things from recruiting. And we'll, we'll lead off with this. And this is really just a question I'll throw to you, Zach. Is this uh, a nothing burger or is it something? So Camarian Franklin, who we talked about last week, uh, has been trending towards Tennessee in, in it seems like a pretty big way. I believe the recruiting prediction machine on, on three right now has uh, Franklin at 77% to Tennessee, the, the leader far and away on their, on that uh, recruiting, predi- recruiting prediction machine. Um, <clears throat> and uh, there was a, was it a crystal ball from 247 that came Tennessee's way also for him? And that's big. Then this week, a tweet from 247 Sports that says, uh, sorry, it's from Rivals. It's from Rivals. It says, stay tuned. Five-star Camarian Franklin checking in. And it was a video of him where he he says, you know, decision coming up. And he he lists at Alabama, Auburn, Ole Miss, Tennessee. But then at the end of the video, uh, he throws up the the vol sign, the the this, the right the v v o l right yeah um he throws that up at the end of the video and i'll ask you this we're always we're looking into all of the all the tea leaves with the recruits is this is this a sure thing did he essentially commit to tennessee in this video zach yeah i'm not about to say that because you know (laughs) my philosophy on recruiting is i don't i don't really believe it until i see them on campus going through practice, uh, that's that's always kind of been my rule because 17, 18-year-olds, you just never know what's going through their mind. I think in this instance, it seems like Tennessee's in a pretty good spot for Franklin. I, I, I put more stock into what some of the recruiting analysts are saying that, that talk to these guys and have relationships with them more so than the, the sign at the end of the video. It's not a bad sign for sure. I mean, if you're a Tennessee fan, you definitely want to see that from, the, from five-star recruits that, that a lot of programs want. But these recruits also know how to play this game. I mean, they they know how to get attention, how to build their social social media followings. I'm not going to say that this kid's using Tennessee for that. I'm, you know, I think kids in the past before have done that. So I have that's why I really don't put a whole lot of stock into a lot of that stuff. And, and you know, it's just kind of the nature of recruiting these days. It's not like it used to be. So I, I don't put a whole lot of you know thought into that. I, I think they're in a good spot. It's a guy they need, uh, like Jeff is, you know, Big Ten Jeff has said in the comments, Tennessee has to fix their defense before they compete for a national championship. You're not gonna you're not gonna win, you know, with one of the worst pass defenses in the nation. And that all starts with the pass rush, being able to generate that with your front four. And you need a guy like Camarion Franklin to go up against these Georgias and Alabamas and Ohio States and some of these top programs to go out and be able to go out and compete with those guys on a playoff level stage. Yeah, it's uh, it's time to win these these battles. I mean, yeah, you yeah, just being in the battle is not enough at this point. You're you're no. in, going into year three. If you really want to turn this around and make the playoff, and you know, after this year, the expanded playoff, it'll be a lot easier for for all of the you know every major program. But if you actually want to be a threat to win a championship, you have to win these battles. It's the only way. Exactly. I, point blank. Period. This has to happen for Tennessee to reach that next level. Cause, cause we've said it a ton on here, the thing Tennessee needs, you know, this offense with Josh Heupel, essentially no matter who is playing, this offense is going to cook. Uh, cause that's how Josh Heupel's running this thing. But with this defense, I mean, you, you step it up to a passable level 
you know, where you're not giving up 63 points to South Carolina, man, that you could be a serious powerhouse in college football landscape. So, um, and they, and they showed signs last year. Like I don't, this whole narrative about Tennessee's defense just being this complete disaster. I mean, it was a complete disaster against South Carolina and we all know that they couldn't stop Spencer Rattler in that offense at all in Columbia that night. It was dreadful. And, you know, there were other games where it, it could have been better, but like the Alabama game, giving up 49, I mean, Alabama gave up 52. I mean, Hendon Hooker put more points on the board than Bryce Young. And Bryce Young is one of the best SEC quarterbacks I've ever seen. I mean, he's the number one pick in the NFL draft at his size for a reason. Uh, so that game, I don't really hold against them that much. You look at the LSU game, the Kentucky game, the Clemson game. Uh, I know it's Vanderbilt, but even that Vanderbilt game, I mean, that was a team that was playing decent at that time and fighting for bowl eligibility, and they completely shut them down. They played really well that night. So they showed flashes when they execute the game plan. They could, they could, you know, kind of do what they need to do and get off the field in important situations like they did, did against Florida. Florida drove down the field. They'd stop them in the red zone, and, and they did similar with Clemson. Like when they executed their plan, they were fine. It's to that they could execute like we saw in the South Carolina game. It you know it it was a disaster for them. So it's not that it was completely terrible, but they they got to be more consistent. I think that's the key. Exactly. It it just is what it is here uh, because you know the offense is going to be good. And and actually, I I wanted to say this. I actually saw this comment earlier. Jeff Rodham said, "How much do you think the new play clock rule will affect our offense? Which is the <clears throat> the play clock will keep running after first downs. We've talked about the it. The game clock, game clock. Sorry, game clock, game clock. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and I'll I'll say this. Let's do a whole segment on this in an upcoming show. Uh. Maybe not. Yeah, honestly, next week I'll, I'll jot yeah. it down. Yeah, that could be a segment next week, and we'll." Uh, we'll make a clip out of it. On Josh Heupel has talked about it, so we'll we'll yeah. We'll I'll write that, that down. Sure. So so there you go, Jeff. Tune in next week. I'll, I'll give, give a little teaser for the folks. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, point blank, you got to have these defensive players. You got to just have elite players in general. But on on offense, I mean, it's clear that you can do this with <laughs> with what Josh Heupel has to work with. And then on on top of that, you've been getting elite players. You've been getting great players out of the transfer portal. I mean, I think Brew McCoy is going to be an absolute dude this season. It looks like Dante Thornton's got some serious talent. Uh, and and then, you know, he he also makes it happen with guys that aren't that aren't flashy. And and so I, I mean look at look at that running that running back room. It's incredibly effective with guys who when they came in were I, I don't want to say total no names. Jalen was Jalen Wright a four star? Maybe. I can't remember. I know he had a reputation for being fast and it yeah. was, a, it was a solid pickup out of out of durham but it wasn't none of them were were superstar all five you know five star he did, i mean not, he's done all of this without five stars i mean yeah. Brew mccoy i guess was a five star before he went to usc but the shine kind of wore off after he you know went through some off the field stuff and didn't you know put up five star numbers and, and he really didn't last season i don't think he's fast enough to really be a, a burner but man we saw the way he can impact a game against clemson uh Early in the season, it's Pittsburgh fighting for those extra yards, picking up those first downs when, you know, you're hit three yards behind the the first down marker, and he's able to kind of charge through there and, and pick up the first down. But we haven't seen Heupel with just loaded five-star wide receivers, five-star quarterback. We haven't seen that yet, which is pretty exciting if you're a Tennessee fan. It definitely is. And, and speaking of, I mean, uh, elite guys or great guys 
on offense, here's another recruiting tidbit for you. This was just from uh, this was on the Rocky t- a tweet from Rocky Topology, who they, they it's a fan account essentially, but they uh, they tweet a bunch of recruiting updates. This is where I saw this, and I mean I trust that this was <laughs> he he said this somewhere. But they said Tennessee is trending for five-star wide receiver Mike Matthews per 247 sports director Steve Wiltfong. So that was Rocky Topology tweeting that, tweeting out something from Steve Wiltfong. So Tennessee is trending for five-star wide receiver Mike Matthews per Steve Wiltfong in 247 sports. Um, and let's just say this. If this is really true and Tennessee can get a foot in the door, I believe he also set a, a visit for Tennessee and has, and has visited. I think he's um, visiting in June. Yes, June June 23rd, 2023, he is set for an official visit to Tennessee. He's already visited before we talked about it when he did the last time for a junior day. He came to Tennessee. Um, this would be awesome. Not just because it's a five-star wide receiver. I mean, obviously, that's amazing. And a five-star wide receiver in, in Josh Heupel's offense is just a, a dream. I mean, well, I can't get much better than that with Heupel as your coach. But this kid is, according to 247 Sports, the number two player in the state of Georgia and to steal a kid out of Georgia, who's being pursued by Georgia, obviously make no mistake about that. If you were to win this battle, Oh, 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 oh. that obviously would speak incredible volumes about Josh Heupel and, and probably the power of what just happened in the NFL draft for two of his wide receivers, things like that. But man, that would be so, so sweet to get this kid. Yeah. I think what Will Fallen said was more, like Tennessee's a team to keep an eye on in this battle, kind of okay. like a wink, which is still super encouraging hey. because, like you said, you you put sure. it all out there. Number two player in the state of Georgia, super athletic kid, fast, plays basketball, could probably play college basketball if he wanted to. To be honest, I think he even had an offer from like Mississippi State, maybe can play safety if he needs to. I mean, he is that type of athlete. I mean, this is an NFL caliber talent. If he sticks to it, puts the work in like he's supposed to and and does the things he needs to do when he gets to college. Yeah, that's that would be massive. This is the type of player that we were talking about that Heifel hasn't really had in the offense yet. And just imagine what he could do with this type of kid. I mean, you saw what he did with Jalen Hyatt. Hyatt's obviously super talented. It was a four-star kid very very fast and he was able to maximize his potential with with Heifel but just very exciting to think about one what this kid could could do in Tennessee's offense and two what it could lead to down the road I mean I know other fan bases love to laugh at the whole wide receiver you coming back thing for Tennessee and it's not there yet I mean you need Jalen Hyatt you need Cedric Tillman and some of these guys to go go to the NFL and have some big seasons like Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and those guys have had coming out of LSU or or DeAndre Hopkins and coming out of Clemson. But, man, it, it feels like it's on the verge of being that. Like Heupel's getting wide receivers to the NFL, and if Hyatt and Tillman and, and Bayless Jones prove that they can succeed in the NFL coming from Heupel's uh, offense, you're going to see these guys starting to go earlier in the draft, right? If Dante Thornton goes and has a hyatt light season, then Hyatt finds success with the Giants you know, this fall, this season. Well, maybe Thornton's a second-round pick or a late first-round pick instead of you know, seeing them fall all the way to the third round. I mean, it could could really get some momentum going and the dominoes start falling here for Tennessee. Yeah, that that's exactly I mean to draw I mean this is how you would draw it up on paper the way Hypo has kind of built this thing. Exactly. You had if you had e, e well either but especially both of these kids, I mean a five five star 
on defense, five-star on offense, guys that you can recruit around. And also if obviously if they're willing to, you can use them to recruit on your behalf. As, I mean, that's a class changer and a team changer potentially, obviously like a, like a Nico Yamaliava. Um, I mean, you know, the power of that, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, this comment real quick from Ben Hall. So if, yeah. if our offense, Tennessee's offense was such a gimmick, then why did four guys get drafted from the first round? And Charlie, I know that you're kind of on a Titans, maybe hiatus right now after the Will Levis pick, but I don't know if you saw Traylon Burt's comments about the uh, Titans offense under Tim Kelly, the new offensive coordinator last week. Did you happen to see any of that? I have decided to essentially ignore everything about the Titans out outside of just like peripherally, like if I scroll by it on Twitter, that's pretty much it. But I haven't been like, normally I would be like watching A to Z's shows and stuff, which you should go do. Let's say if you're in the mood and they've been doing crazy numbers. I mean, you know, it's been a big off season for them, but um, yeah. So no, I did not see what he had to say. <laughs> no, they just asked him kind of, you know, what, what the new offense or if it's a new offense, what the offense is going to look like under Tim Kelly. And he talked about, tempo you know moving faster more freedom for the wide receivers more fun to play in and he didn't go into specifics and x's and o's but doesn't that sound a lot like tennessee's offense yeah hello somebody. and on top of that the ironic part here is that they drafted will levis who does not think that's real football so that'll be interesting exactly to see how that works out stupidest organization in the nfl right now and i say that as a fan I mean, big Titans fan. They just but get out of their the, own way. The point of that was was Ben's comment of if this offense is so gimmicky, it does seem like some NFL teams are kind of reaching and pulling from some of that stuff. We've seen a little bit of it with the Chiefs. You're going to see some of it with the Giants, whose their offensive staff came from Kansas City, and that's where Hyatt's at. So that's a better fit than maybe we realized. And now the Titans kind of throwing some stuff out there. And, it, you know, it, it kind of is true. Like this stuff does kind of go up from college to the NFL sometimes. Yeah, I mean, you, you see, like, it in the college ranks still, Clemson. I mean, you beat their head in, and then all of a sudden their quarterback is coming out going, oh, well, actually, we're going to run. Tempo. Yeah. We're going to be going fast. People are going to be shocked. Oh, how convenient the, <laughs> that Josh Heupel beat the snot out of you, and suddenly you want to run his offense. What a, <laughs> what a coincidence. Yeah, I mean, it, it wor- if it works, it works. If it works, it's that simple. If it works, it works. I So, yeah, it's, it's no surprise that, that uh you know you, you see work in the sec and i'm sure that turns a few heads in the nfl uh so there, there's pretty much that anything else with uh, football before we bounce over to baseball and finish up with a little uh i guess you would say like tennessee lifestyle talk at the end with this new entertainment complex yeah i think we squeezed about all the football talk you can in in <laughs> late may before things really get going here in a couple of months yeah, we so we got well, we got like a month and a half before it gets spicy again. You know, you yeah, know, about the SEC right media before, days. Yeah, right, right around that. I, I guess the uh, the league meetings are coming up soon, so we should have some schedule talk. Uh, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, and that'll be fun to kind of dissect and go through. I certainly hope so, uh, and we'll we'll obviously break all of that down. But now, gonna do a little preview of uh, the baseball postseason. It starts, I believe, tomorrow. Uh, in the SEC tournament, we'll, we'll sort of give our, we'll give some predictions and then we can maybe reapproach them after (laughs) and, uh, and see how stupid, uh, our predictions really are. But I got to tell you first about Superbook sports, bring that big bet energy this summer with Superbook sports. Superbook sports is the most trusted name in sports betting. And right now use promo code a to Z 
to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they will match your first bet up to $250 with promo code A to Z. Simply visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions or download the Superbook Tennessee app in the App Store. Enter the promo code A to Z and you'll get $250 courtesy of Superbook Sports. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, G-A-M-B-L-E-R. The Superbook Sports Tennessee app. Go and get it. Download it right now and bet on some sports responsibly, of course. Um, Okay. Baseball finishes off with a really nice series win at South Carolina. And here's here's the thing. With the regular season over, it, it was a, overall a disappointing regular season. You didn't win a series on the road until your very last series. So playing right at the right time, potentially. Uh, but the big thing that I noticed this weekend is that the pitching probably looked the best that it's looked all season. And that could be huge. I mean, in college baseball, if you have the superior bullpen, you're going to be the better team most nights. And so does this, uh, does this instill confidence in you going forward, Zach? How, how did that series win over South Carolina make you feel? Yeah, I thought the best part of that series win was the fact that they got the series win in the rubber game. You know, that that's yeah. something that's been failing them where they've won a game early in the series, first game of the series, you drop the next one, and then you drop that third game. It's a series loss, you go home. So to, to get that win on the third game of the series, especially, you know, playing, splitting it up like they had to, I think that's really encouraging. I think the pitching, like you said, super encouraging based on where this team was a couple of months ago or really a month and a half ago. Kind of the conversation we were having about this team. This is really, you know, if we said everything, it's went as well as it could have since that conversation. If you were to draw out, okay, this is how Tennessee can turn the season around and still make a run in the SEC tournament, make an Ole Miss-like run maybe and win a, win a championship, this is where they needed to be. And I would have liked to have seen them sweep South Carolina. That would have made me feel a little bit better, but it's baseball. That's just not always possible. You, you can will it and want it and do everything you possibly can to win a game. And sometimes it just doesn't go your way. That That's baseball. It's a really hard sport to play. To win that series right before the SEC tournament, I think not only gives the team some confidence, because I'm sure that, I mean, they've heard all that noise. That was the big talking point about this team is they can't win on the road. So winning that series in the last regular season series of the year really gives you some momentum going into the SEC tournament. And, I mean, gives you plenty of confidence that, hey, that's behind us now. And kind of like all those other, you know, speed bumps that they knocked over and went over and put that stuff in the rearview mirror, they were able to accomplish the, or, uh, they were able to get past this roadblock. And, and that was huge for them. Yeah, maybe, just maybe. This is a playing right at the right time of time thing in, yeah. in a in a real way. And I think you're gonna see that starting starting tomorrow at the SEC tournament. Uh whether that's true or not, you're facing a team you already swept in Texas AM, mm-hmm. but you swept them at home. Can you go to Hoover where you won you won the championship last year? So you know you can win there. I mean, obviously, a bunch of guys from this team were on that team. Um and uh so you you know you won the championship last year. You know you can win in this stadium. You're you're playing a team initially that uh, that you already swept, but your second game would be against Arkansas, who swept you at Arkansas, though. So a road game. 
So now you get him in a neutral site. Could be exciting. Um, I man, I like how this is setting up, but I I would throw it to you, Zach, just to to make it kind of a, a quick thing. What are your predictions for Tennessee in in this postseason? Because I'll I'll give mine. I'm not I'm not ah, I, I'm not sure how I'm feeling, but I'll I'll throw it to you first. How far do you think they make in the SEC tournament and then the NCAA tournament? Like I said, we maybe we can come back in a couple of well, what would it be in, in a few weeks and and yeah. see how we how it plays out. I'm not, I'm not sure yet on the SEC tournament stuff. I think they beat Texas A&M on Tuesday. I think they get past that game and get into the double elimination. I don't feel great about that Arkansas game. It's hard to predict Tennessee to win when you were swept by them earlier this year. I feel like picking Tennessee to win that game is just hoping that Tennessee wins that game. So I think Arkansas wins that game. But then if you lose that game, you play, I think you play the loser of uh, Georgia, South Carolina, much more manageable matchup you get past that, eliminate one of those teams. And then I think, okay, let's see where it goes from here. Let's get our feet under this type deal, see what happens from there. Uh, so I, I don't have a good feeling about them winning this like I did last year. I think they'll advance around, but I don't think they, they finish it off like they did last year. I don't think they're going to win the SEC championship. Um, the league is just a murderer's row this season from top to bottom it's crazy how good it like it's crazy most years how good the sec is and it's especially crazy this season i mean it just is it's like the entire top 10 is just all sec teams it's ridiculous and you just have so many teams just right right there at the top lsu florida arkansas i mean they're just all great they're they're i think the good thing is that there's way less pressure which i mean tennessee did fine with the pressure last year they were the team to beat going into the tournament. I do think there's a little bit of pressure that's been removed from them this season just because of how everything's gone. And then that pressure is on Florida. It's on LSU. It's on Arkansas. You gotta you gotta live up to that. I, I do think that makes things a little better for Tennessee's path, but man, you're right. I mean, it's just it's gonna be whoever gets hot. And that's a gamble. Like that could be any of these teams. Like these are really talented teams. If you're looking at it objectively, any of these teams could go out and win and it wouldn't be a surprise. So that's why it's really hard for me to pick Tennessee. It's more that I'm taking the field more so than I'm betting against Tennessee. I just think there's too many options that are good options that could go all the way. So I'm, I'm going to guess this will be my prediction. Tennessee actually beats Texas A&M and then beats Arkansas. Okay. I'll guess that. Uh, but then, so then who would they play? Uh, where'd it go? They would play the winner of LSU. And South Carolina, Georgia. So basically, they would play LSU if they beat Arkansas. Yes, and I think they lose that one, and then you would still play another yeah, game. I you'd believe you'd still be in because it's double. It's a double elimination if you get past Texas A&M. And and it's kind of a crapshoot from there. But I I'll say yeah. this: my, my that's why it's so hard to project what how far because it can work out yeah. so many different ways. I, I'm, I'll guess uh, Florida's playing really good right now. I'll, I'll say they win it. I and I hate that because mm. ew. Yeah, gross. Yeah, but I, they're they're playing good baseball right I'd now. I'd rather LSU win. A Florida, Arkansas, LSU. <sighs> I think I'd go LSU over Arkansas because of their coach, and Florida because of Florida. Yeah, right? yeah big no go on Arkansas for sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I just think realistically. But I, I'll I'll say, you know, can Tennessee do it? Absolutely. They oh, just yeah. actually they just actually just these- have to go do it. <laughs> 
the other teams can too. And the as, other far, top teams. as far as the NCAA tournament goes, I think they'll make a super regional. Um, I so if if they do what I think and they beat Arkansas and get there, I believe I think Tennessee would host. Well, I mean, uh, at that, that point, didn't really work out last year. So, yeah, well, <laughs> that's true. Well, they they still they made the super regional last year. Oh yeah, yeah, super regional. Yeah, but um, I'll I'll say they they make super regional, and then I don't know. Again, it's I, so I don't know. I don't you, know. You don't know the matchup, and, and yeah. that's important. Because, but you know, and I would have thought last year they steamrolled their way all the way to at least the final last season. Well, I thought they'd get past yeah. Notre Dame for sure. Yeah, without a doubt, I thought they were going to the College World Series. But man, I yeah, it's such a crapshoot. I'll I'll say they do make the World Series, um, but it it it's because I I mean that I think you have you have to early in the year helps. Yes, I mean they they've gone through the ringer, and that bullpen is arguably the best in college baseball. Like just when you when you really stack it up, Andrew Lindsay. Who who was a, who was not sitting on the bench, but he wasn't a starter at the beginning of the season. Now just won SEC Pitcher of the Week and just pitched an absolute gym over the weekend. D- Dolander just pitched probably his best game of the season, and then Vitello took him out. And let's not do that again, Tony. Please and thank you. Took him out, and the game entirely fell apart. When he's good, he's good with Chase Burns. Burns was horrendous against South Carolina. He's got to fix that up. But when he's good, he's really good, Chase Burns. In, in relief. And then, I mean, Drew Beam has, has been an absolute dude all season. You just have to get the dude version version of him and not, you know, some, some nights he's gone out and laid a stinker, but you just look at those three starters and that's, that's one of the best teams in America. And so I, obviously it comes down to the bats too. They switched up the lineup and put Blake Burke leading off and then steamrolled South Carolina with that lineup. So, uh, maybe that's, uh, little little pixie dust that, that Vitello has figured out I don't know I, I need to see it more than one game but um yeah so I'll I'll say they get further in the SEC tournament than we think they're gonna but don't win it and then I'll say they, they make the college world series and I I just am not going to predict one way or another whether they win a national championship but I'll say that much they make the world series what is uh what's your line for disappointment obviously losing to Texas a and Texas A&M would be a big disappointment, but overall postseason, what's acceptable and what's not for Tony Patello? Losing to Arkansas would be understandable. It's a very good team. I would hate it. It would make me ill, but they're really, really good. And then following that up, if you've lost Arkansas or Texas A&M, either or, obviously, but and then or got knocked out of the tournament, Losing there and then not making a super regional. That's just ugh. like wasting, as I said, one, one of the best bullpens in America. Mm-hmm. What a shame that would be. It's like last year where you had one of the best offenses in the history of college baseball and it just wasted because you had an off weekend against Notre Dame. Like you just can't, can't let that happen. So I'll, I'll say there. that. I don't think it's championship or bust. I never think that. Even last year, no. it just baseball so weird sometimes. And I mean, who would have Ole Miss? You know, who who would have thought that in the middle of the season last year? But I think I'm with you. If if they lose to Arkansas and then they lose to that that Georgia South Carolina game, I think that's that's kind of unacceptable at that point. Or if you lose to A and M, agreed.
Well, we'll see. Starts tomorrow. <laughs> we'll find out what happens on Tuesday. One thirty uh, afternoon game. Yeah, one thirty. Yeah. I think Eastern time. Game game two of the entire thing. I think. Um. All righty. We'll finish with this. The announcement this week of this entertainment complex. It was controversial, and we'll talk about why. Right after I I tell you about Rattle and Snap Tennessee whiskey. Nothing goes better with a Tennessee sports victory than an awesome whiskey. And I'm talking specifically about Rattle and Snap. Tennessee Select Straight Whiskey Log Still Distillery has a new Tennessee whiskey product line called Rattle and Snap. It's named after a long forgotten game of chance. Rattle and Snap is a whiskey for those who make their own luck. There's a four year and an eight year version. Uh, the four You can see the four year on the corner of the YouTube video right there. It's really excellent. It goes amazing at cocktails, is, is uh, great just right in the glass. And uh, you should go grab you a bottle because the bottle also looks great on the shelf. You can see it right there in the graphics. So you can find it in stores across the state of Tennessee, also in Kentucky, Indiana, and Mississippi. Run and don't walk to get yourself some Rattle and Snap Tennessee Select Straight Whiskey. Follow them on Instagram at Rattle and Snap Whiskey. Now, uh, this was a fun little announcement uh, that came out. This is nothing, almost nothing about this is set in stone, if anything at all. But uh, here, this was from WAT in Knoxville, although there was an official press release. This was just kind of a, it's a more succinct version of what Tennessee put out. The University of Tennessee is exploring a public-private partnership to build an entertainment district next to Neyland Stadium featuring hotels, condos, restaurants, retail space. School officials announced on Wednesday that they have begun a request for information on the feasibility and impact of a Neyland Stadium entertainment district along the Tennessee River waterfront. An initial uh, proposed concept would be anchored by a full-service 12-story hotel at the south end of Neyland Stadium with a rooftop bar or amenity space overlooking the home of Tennessee football what was controversial about this though was this proposed tabletop retail and entertainment district on top of the g10 parking garage uh and why this is controversial is because a bunch of people tailgate on top of g10 and they were like so you're just gonna like put a bunch of stores and stuff over the top of my tailgate spot and ut went Yep, <laughs> and that's pretty pretty much the long and the short of it. Again, this is proposed. They're just doing a feasibility study right now. This is years and years and years away at this point. Uh, but it's this would be amazing. But does this bother you at all that a little bit of tradition might get messed with that? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, when it comes to sports, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I'm a traditionalist. Traditionalist with everything. There are certain traditions, though, that I love, and I think that's the beauty of of college football and sports in general is some of the great traditions in in college and even some in professional sports that you you don't want to see anything happen to those traditions. And obviously nothing with the game day traditions I don't think would would change with this, but I do think the G10 thing, I can understand why people don't like that. I mean, that's a premier tailgating spot. I mean, it's kind of an iconic tailgating spot, really, when it comes to to Tennessee and Neyland and going to college football games there. I like the idea of the entertainment district. You're seeing this with a lot of professional teams. Uh, the Atlanta Braves, for example, have that around Truist Park. A lot of other uh, professional sports franchises do as well. So I think it's a probably going to more see more and more of it in college sports because college sports essentially is almost on the same level as professional sports at this point. So I think you're going to see a lot of this, and it's not a surprise that – Danny White and Tennessee kind of want to be at the forefront of this. My gut feeling is all this came out on, I think it was Friday. 
it's kind of gauging not just the interest. I know they have the uh, the what the uh, was the RFI to gauge input and, and to see what developers would like to do and what they think of it. But I think it's also to see what fans say, to see what the response is, and to see if there's any tweaks that need to be made. I don't think they're going to make wholesale changes to their plans because of fans, but I think they'll. Danny White's been pretty good about listening to fans, so I wouldn't get too worked up about any of this just yet. I think they're going to find a happy medium with what fans want, what's feasible, what looks the best. I don't, I don't think they want to turn Neyland Stadium into, you know, just a, a com- piece of commercial property that's full of chain stores and restaurants and all this other stuff where it completely takes away from what Neyland Stadium is. But I do think attaching something close by kind of like what the Braves have or some other place. I think there's a way that you can make that work and not look terrible. I'm not a developer, so I don't know what that way is, but I I do think it's something that they should look into and consider doing. I think they need to be careful though. I think they need to be careful about where the hotel's at. You don't want these great shots from ESPN yeah. or CBS to have this 12 story hotel, you know, almost attached to Neyland stadium. You, you don't want that at all. I don't think so. I think you gotta be real careful about that. And really what kind of need, is there for a hotel right beside Neyland uh, for college football games? I, I don't, I don't see how that's super beneficial. It would be a big time, just kind of novelty project. Cause here's, here's a cut. Now this is real Knoxville centric. Let me say lived in Knoxville essentially my entire life. Um, ex- except for six of my 31 years, I've lived in Knoxville and that the other ones were in Nashville. <laughs> um, and, there's a lot to talk about in terms of urban planning here. Cause if you've never been in Knoxville, it runs right up next to downtown, that downtown area. I lived directly in the middle of downtown for two years, a few years back. I don't need longer, but <clears throat> there are major problems with that downtown area in terms of accessibility. And they've slowly been improving, slowly been improving, slowly been improving, but like parking can be a nightmare. And just general accessibility is certain parts. Like there are parts of downtown that have stayed dead because there's no parking or maybe there, there's an excessive amount of like homeless people in certain areas and some things like that. Like there's just a lot, a lot going on down there. And the thing that scares me with this a little bit on game days, this sounds unbelievable. I think it would be incredible if, if it's executed correctly. Like to your point, listen to the fans, really get feedback, do it exactly how they like it. It also mentions, uh, this pedestrian bridge that could go over the the river, which I think has been needed for so long. It says a project to build a pedestrian bridge across Tennessee river to connect the arena, Thompson bowling arena with riverfront property recently acquired by the university has also gained momentum. I think that would be incredible, but it has to be done right because what I could see happening here is that it's incredible on game days. And then the other, you know, 350 <laughs> days a year, what, you know, it would, it would pop on, on college or uh, basketball game days too. But um, you know, all the other days of the year, are you actually going to go over there? Are those like businesses when, going to be supported? When it's this time of year and students aren't there, what's exactly. it going to look like? Yeah, because because there's a whole, there's already a, a pretty nice shopping center that's over by UT's campus. It has a Publix grocery store and all this really nice retail space, and a bunch of it sits empty because nobody goes to it except on game days because <laughs> college kids can't afford nice stuff. They're college kids. Uh, and, and so there's, there's some to be contended with there, but I think if it's executed correctly, and that's a big, if there, 
if it's executed correctly, this could be incredible. And I, I'm really excited. And it could be honestly a pioneering thing in college sports because nobody has really done it in college sports. It's been huge in pro sports, as you said. But uh, yeah, nobody's doing it on the college level. So I, I think it could be awesome. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a dork about my hometown, my be- my beautiful city here. Um, and I, as I mentioned, I've, I've lived in downtown. I really care about like that whole uh, area a lot. And it uh, this could be amazing for it or it could kind of end up being a flop. And I don't want that to happen for sure. Yeah, so. and the, the, the bad thing is, is if it's a flop, it's too late to turn around and undo it then. You've got all this infrastructure that you, yeah. you can't just make it disappear, right? So it could quickly go from being one of the most iconic scenes in college football to an eyesore. And that's, you can't, you can't do that. Like that's absolutely the worst thing you can do. So to me, it's a thing that would be really cool if executed properly. Like you said, at the same time, how necessary is it? I mean, you're, you're going to have a, as long as Tennessee's winning, you're going to have a hundred thousand fans at every single home game. You're it's going to be, Again, one of the best scenes in all of college football. Like, there's nothing like a Saturday, you know, down south. I mean, it's what we talk about all the time. And Tennessee's a big part of that. It's one of the best places you can go watch a football game in October, November, and September. So you don't want to take away from that at all. So I do question how necessary it is while also recognizing if executed properly, it could be a really cool thing. Absolutely. Well, we'll leave it there. I don't have to make those decisions. Yeah. Good luck to everybody involved. As I said, listen I, to the fans. Get to I would leave G10 back. alone. I, I don't I don't like that. Because yeah. part of what makes it great there at G10 is it's just kind of like, okay, this is the structure we have. We're going to use the, you know, it, it's just kind it's of. The people's parking garage. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's yes. not glamorous. It's not, you know, it's not this glamorous <laughs> thing, but that's where everybody wants to be. And yes. why would you, The it's kind of a romantic feeling when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah, so so, you know, make sure you really get feedback from the fans. Do it the right way. Uh, but we'll obviously we'll, we'll talk about it more. I love talking about stuff like that. Uh, if there's more updates throughout the honestly years, it'll probably take to get that done. We'll talk about it. But uh, future, future city council member here. Yeah. Hey, you never know. Um, hey, but uh, we I do have to throw this in. Vols time. He he gave us a super chat. Thanks, man. Uh, he said the squirrel will be let loose this season. He absolutely will. Um, we'll, we'll just kind of, we'll tack that onto our conversation from before. Absolutely. The, the offense should be a ton of fun this season and hopefully it leads to, uh, to big things. So go back and more, uh, more calls from, from Joe Tessitore, like in the orange bowl last year, when, uh, Joe Milton hit square white down there near the goal line. Oh, the squirrel got loose on that one. That was (laughs) one of the best calls of the season. Yes. I cannot wait. It's going to be a ton of fun. Well, thanks to everybody for commenting and especially for paying. That's awesome. We really, really appreciate it for supporting the show, supporting the boys here. Um, Charlie Burris, Zach Reagan. This has been the A to Z sports, big orange podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We could not appreciate it more. Go follow us everywhere. A to Z sports.com, Twitter, Facebook, yada, yada, yada. You're here. You know where to find all of our stuff. Uh, YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the notification bell and like button. Appreciate it so much. Uh, I think that is it, and we'll talk to y'all next week. See you guys later.